you are running now a theater that I love and have had the privilege of performing in. And there's a weird similarity because the Reduce Shakespeare Company is a theater company without a theater. Mm-hmm. And the Folger Theater is now currently also without a theater. What's that yeah. like? That's um well, I mean, I think because I come from a background of of doing work that is site specific, uh, it's fine. <laughs> but I might be the only one who would say that. <laughs> Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whatever it is, wherever you are. I'm Austin Titchener, one-third of the Reduced Shakespeare Company, and you're listening to this week's Reduced Shakespeare Company podcast, number 856, Karen and Daniels. Karen Ann Daniels is the Folger Theater's new artistic director and director of programming for the Folger Shakespeare Library in Washington, D.C. Prior to this, Karen Ann was director of New York City's Public Theater's Mobile Unit, touring productions across all five boroughs. I haven't been to D.C., unfortunately, since before the pandemic, so I've only met Karen Ann virtually, but I was thrilled to be able to have this conversation, which I began by joking about how the Folger couldn't have picked a better time to undergo its massive renovation and expansion, which began just as everything began to be locked down in 2020. Oh my gosh, right, could, like, the stars could not have aligned. I mean, that sounds horrible to say any better, but you know what I mean. <laughs> I do, I do. There are, there are no, there are no bright sides to the pandemic, but no. maybe there's a glimmer of a... Yeah. Something. Something, yeah. <laughs> um, can you tell me what brought you to the Folger? Why was the Folger such an attractive gig for you? Um, I, I mean, I think you kind of already hit on it, right? Like this renovation, I think this um, opportunity to sort of shift, strategically shift the focus of the organization, just to pivot a little and make it more open to more people. Um, that's the work that I do. That's the work that I'm interested in. Um, that's the work that I care about. Uh, and I think that it's the thing that I'm specifically designed to be able to do, to help the Folger do. That's very cool. And you're right. You are you are sort of getting in on literally the newly re- renovated ground floor of, yes, of, yes. of this institution. Um, one of the things I love about the Folger, have always loved about the Folger, is that it doesn't, it, it, it acknowledges that however one engages with Shakespeare is the correct way to engage. You know, it doesn't, it doesn't seem to me, to me, to discriminate about and and proscribe ways in which Shakespeare must be engaged. Is that your perception of the institution or is that one of the things that you are hoping to shift at all? I would say yes and to what you just said, right? Because I don't know why you would as an institution suddenly decide that you needed to open your doors and make them more accessible in different ways if that was entirely true. Right. Like, yep. I think yep. that if if or at least the self-perception was, I think there's those people who like it's like if you know, you know, <laughs> there's those folks. Yeah. Um, and there is something that, you know, that comes from our amazing 90 year history that was very largely focused on the collection and research. That means that there's a, you know, a huge pocket of people that have always known that this is a thing and this is something that they have access to. Yeah. And that goes across the planet. 
which is amazing, right? But it, I think when you start to look and you walk a few blocks down the street and and you start asking people who literally live in the same neighborhood if they know about the Folger, it's a very different conversation, yeah. Yeah. right? Yeah. And so that's, you know, like, yay for an institution who decided to ask, why is that? And how do you then go about opening more doors and making more people aware of what the Folger does and can do or should do? Yeah, I think there's a couple of things, you know, one's renovate. Um, two, <laughs> it's to go where people are. Right. You go where people are because they're clearly not coming to you. They haven't been coming to you. They haven't noticed what maybe you've been putting out there yet. Um, I think you evaluate what have you been putting out there and where have you been putting those things out there? Yeah. Are you only talking to the same people? Have you gotten comfortable with the same people? You know, it's, it's, it's to me, it's like, you know, it's like a, a church that only uh, keeps the same people in the same pews. Yeah. Right. And then and then the audience sort of dwindles and they wonder why, you know, because, yeah. <laughs> yeah. well, that family moved, but their pew is still there. <laughs> right. Like, I think right. there's this sense of, how do we open up and let more people know that what we have inside is actually for them as well? And so we have to assess the way we do our work. And that's what we're doing. So if the renovation is physical, but it's also metaphysical, right? Like it's it's us. It's how we operate. Well, and it's the only way institutions like this are going to survive is by getting more people into the doors and intrigued by what by the yep. work that we do. Yeah, and I think you know I would I would like even one up that not to really one up it, but I'd one up it by saying it's like how are we living our mission today, right? Mm -hmm. The way we lived our mission twenty years ago probably served us at that time with those people in the, you know what I mean like in those circumstances but what we've realized is the circumstances the people all the things have shifted they've changed yeah. our need to be relevant has shifted and changed right yeah. so yeah. now in order to actually like exist in the the very you know long mission that we've had we actually have to evolve so we can keep that mission alive and yeah. relevant so that's the work to me yeah and what does what does that look like um uh in addition to going where people are mm -hmm. what does that look like in terms of a, a play selection or thematic emphasis sure i think it's a, a lot of things right going back to how we operate um it's you know how do we cast right yeah what artists get to work in our spaces yeah right yeah it's it's all of it and it's and it's assessing how well have we been doing at right reaching mm -hmm. out to others or letting new voices interpret the work. Right, um, right. Are we giving the same people the same opportunities over and over and over again? And I think that sometimes there's merit to that. So I'm not completely down on that, right? Like, right. but it, but you also got to be like, who else? There's tons of people who love Shakespeare who yeah. are living in all sorts of places. So yeah. can we start to open up and say, oh, wait, you're doing something interesting over here. Um, and, you know, for me, that has looked like uh, starting this reading festival that we started in January and finding artists who are creating new work from Shakespeare and coming through their lens, their voice, their experience, right? And being willing to sit in a room to share it while they're still kind of birthing it 
and have conversations with audiences that not only not to interrogate how authentic their Shakespeare is, right? But to interrogate how Shakespeare cracks open so much for us and for so many different people in different ways and maybe we've traditionally been exposed to. So I think that's the opportunity to me. I love that because that's the only way Shakespeare survives is how he how he continues to be interpreted and reinterpreted. Yeah. And that and that casting issue and not even just the casting, but the whole artist issue is is so that's always such a line and has always been a line to walk because mm-hmm. some you develop relationships with artists and audiences enjoy seeing, oh, I love seeing what that art actor does and then some audiences go oh really do we really need to see that actor again you know so you're building yeah. up cre- creating a new um uh, community on uh, on stage that the audiences can get excited about right yeah yeah I definitely definitely I, I think you know what what i find like in the work that i've been doing in in the industry and people that i've met when what you do, you look back and you think, okay, so who's been directing on this stage or that stage? Um, and there are people who've made their entire careers, right? Just just directing Shakespeare and interpreting Shakespeare. Yeah. Um, yeah. And and I think then there are those people who get called emerging artists for 30 years. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. and so you gotta kind of go, okay, um, they're not clearly not really but when you look at it you see that it is predominantly women and artists of color that get called emerging or they're the new thing but they've actually been deeply deeply engaged with the work for a very long time but they don't get the big they don't get the big asks yeah and so um and the way that that you help change that is by coming to a place like the Folger because the Folger and and I hate this word legitimizes you. This is Candy Milo, but you may know me as Dexter from Dexter's Laboratory. Don't touch that button. And you're listening to Reduce Shakespeare Company. It's the podcast. Bye now. Where can you RSC the RSC? We'll perform the complete history of comedy abridged three times in North Carolina this July at the Blumenthal Center in Charlotte on July 13th and 14th and Appalachian State University in Boone on July 16th, 2023. Check out the touring page at our website, reducedshakespeare.com or our Facebook page or Twitter feed at Reduced for the latest information. And now back to my conversation with Karen Ann Daniels, the Folgers' Director of Programming and Artistic Director of the Folger Theater. I asked Karen Ann where her Shakespeare nerddom began. My nerddom began <laughs> in, um, in music. I mean, I've just always been a music person. I'm a singer. I started, you know, that moved me into acting, that then moved me uh, in, into Shakespeare, you know, and an interest into, into Shakespeare as a means of becoming a better actor. That was yeah, yeah. where it sort of began, I would say, professionally. Personally, I learned about Shakespeare watching DuckTales. So... That's where my <laughs> love it. Right? Like, uh, that's where it started. It, it went from you know Ducktales to you know Bugs Bunny jokes to 
you know, the Kenneth Branagh movies in the 90s, you know, I'm you put Keanu Reeves in a movie and I'm there, right? Like, mm-hmm. um, mm-hmm. so uh, I, I think it's it's that. And then it was eighth grade, right? It's school. It's like most people in the U.S. We, yeah. we all get it. Everybody yeah. knows who Shakespeare is. I'm like, don't kid yourself. You're not introducing him to anybody. We already did that. <laughs> and, and and it's weird how even as kids and seventh and eighth graders, you already have a preconception of what Shakespeare is or supposed to be. And not yes. it's not always great. No, no. Most of the time it's not great. Yeah. <laughs> most of the time it's not. Yeah. But, you know, also because, like, we make everybody study it solely as literature and um, which, you know, this is probably absolutely blasphemous of me right now to a lot of the literary folks of the culture. But I was like, let me remind you all that the plays preexisted the books. Yes. (laughs) Okay. Well, that doesn't seem blasphemous to me at all because you're working at that end of the building. Yeah, you know, where the theater yeah. is, and that's how yeah. absolutely how she he should be. This yeah, is I mean, where if it can't got be birthed. introduced, huh? right? Yeah, yeah. So I also love the notion that not only does the Folger legitimize Shakespeare and artists, but Ducktales legitimizes Shakespeare. It does. I mean, yeah. a whole spoof, a whole episode spoof, and I and I looked it up because I was like, "Am I crazy or?" Like, I remember this episode, right? Like with Scrooge McDuck and, yeah. <laughs> and it was like a play on Macbeth and, and it, but it was literally, you know, now that I know more, much more Shakespeare, right? Like, I, it's like, it's like, it's just pulling, 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 pulling from all of the things in one episode, you know, the seven ages of man, it concludes with all the world, the stage. It's like everything, every little element, it's such great writing. Uh, actually. So yeah, of course you fell in love with it. You know what I mean? Um, it was great. Well, and that's very much the avenue I walk is Shakespeare in pop culture. And, you know, in, for my generation, a lot of us got it from Gilligan's Island. Yeah. You know, where yeah. they're doing to be or not to yes. be, but you know? Yeah. Yeah. I, I told somebody, and I, I think, again, I say crazy things apparently, but I was like, Shakespeare's like Coca-Cola. <laughs> everybody knows what a coke is you yeah. know yeah <laughs> he's in everything you watch a movie you know too fast too furious but there's a coke ad in it and somewhere in that show in that writing of that script yeah is yeah. somebody quoting some shakespeare too 100 percent. yeah know? and i think that's what people don't realize they don't realize how integrated he actually is, right? The original romantic comedy, much ado about nothing, you know? Like it's it's that that we don't get that so much of our culture has already been baked and 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 that the foundations of it are just locked in with this guy. He yeah, he's all around us in ways we don't never fully appreciate, which I think is a lovely thing because I it feels like a, it's a common ground, a common language a way to to share our common humanity, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. I, I agree. I agree. And I think so many people find their own voice through him. And I think that's the other thing that I don't think we teach that. I don't think, you know, like just the idea of being able to like stand up in class and like do the lines, like to play Shakespeare to me is the most transformational thing you can do. It's not just sitting in a classroom, learning the stories or, you know, alliteration or iambic pentameter, but it's about how it lives. It's about how we embody it. 
that is what is transformative about it. And I think that that's the thing we have to give more people the opportunity to do. That's it for this week's Reduced Shakespeare Company podcast, except for one more thing, which I'll share with you in about 60 seconds, so stick around. For more about Karen Ann Daniels, her work, and plans for the future, and the Folger Shakespeare Library's renovation, go to folger.edu. Then send us your Shakespeare origin story via email to feedback at reducedshakespeare.com or throw a comment to us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram or on our own actual website, reducedshakespeare.com or visit my website, theshakespeareans.com. Thanks as always to melancholy scholar Matthew Croak, web services by Ginger Power Limited, music by John Weber and Garage Band. Our random fan shout-out this week goes to Rebecca Rose Body. No reason, it's just random. Special thanks to voice actor Candy Milo, who played Dexter on Dexter's Laboratory and who has over 280 credits on IMDb, including Darkwing Duck and Duck Dodgers, but not, as far as I can tell, DuckTales. And as always, thanks very much to you for listening. Please continue to stay safe and keep your masks on. I'm Austin Titchener, 856-2568ths of the Reduced Shakespeare Company. I'm looking forward to getting to come back to the Folger Theater once it opens for your live stage version of DuckTale Shakespeare. Please, <laughs> please bring that to us. Oh my gosh, could you imagine? I'm just Mike, you never know. I'm that crazy. I'm like, Disney, if you're listening. <laughs> this podcast is a production of the Reduce Shakespeare Company. Reducing expectations since 1981. Go to ReduceShakespeare.com for performance dates, actor bios, email newsletters, and so much less. 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 And so much less.